Welcome to Football on the Rocks, where we pour ourselves a glass and help you dominate the fantasy football competition. During the season, we will recap the action for the week, identify targets to stock up on and targets to pour out, discuss our weekly positional rankings, and give you our DraftKings DFS picks of the week. So, Grab your glass, maybe put some rocks in it, and join three fantasy football experts and whiskey enthusiasts every week as we help you salvage your draft, win your league, and fight for the millionaire. Hello and welcome to Football on the Rocks. I am Joe Niehoff, your host uh, for the evening. I am joined by my brother, Bobby. Bobby, what you drinking tonight? Uh, tonight I grabbed Blackstack Brewing's uh, flagship, their local 755. Why is it the local 755? I don't know, but it looks <laughs> like orange juice and it's a delicious hazy IPA. Blackstack does a wonderful job when it comes to their IPAs. Probably one of the best things that they do there besides uh, they do have a really good sour series. Um, one of my favorite sour series that they do is called Are You There, God? <laughs> and then, so right now what they have on tap is Are You There, God? It's me, Strawberry. Um, yeah. And so it's a strawberry smoothie sour. So it'll be like, yeah. Are You There, God? It's me, Guava, or whatever. Yeah, sure. like, it's yeah. just like this guava smoothie sour. But they're really thick and delicious. Um, but the local 755, it's their, it's their flagship uh, house, New England IPA. Comes in at 6.8%, extremely crushable, um, just delicious and smooth. They do a couple variants on it every now and then where they kind of just highlight a specific hop uh, okay. or a hop series. Um, this one is just their their standard local 755. They're in a really unique experience, or a unique experience area, I should say, um, because just underneath them, is a really fun uh, little place. Um, it has a, a tap wall at it. Um, they have, so what you do is you, you go and you like put your card on file or something. They give you a little wristband and then you go to these tap walls and, and they charge you by the ounce of whatever you're pouring. Okay. Um, and they have, yep. you know, 70 different things on tap. I don't know how yep. many they have at this one, but it's kind of a fun, different little place. And then they have like pinball and, and all this other stuff. It's just right underneath, uh, right underneath black stack there. It's called can can wonderland, um, <laughs> which the, the wonderland experience there, uh, they actually have like this really unique artistic, almost style of mini golf. That's where like, cool. I don't know, you you hit a ball, you hit your ball into the thing, and then like it plays the drums and like hits a couple piano keys and like makes music and all this kind of stuff, and or like it's a forced perspective hole where it looks like you're like you have to putt over like this lava pit or something, um, but it's just totally open floor the whole thing, but it looks like there's like this little bridge that you have to hit over, but it's not. I don't know, it's just kind of cool. Uh, Black Sack is a really big open uh, concept kind of area uh, up on top and just a really nice chill uh, chill area to be in if you find yourself uh, in Minneapolis. 
Yeah. Great. great I'll, I'll say this from the names alone. I'm intrigued, <laughs> <laughs> but you did define what I lovingly call your sugar beers. So I'm not surprised yeah. uh, tonight. I am drinking out of what they call the Redwood empire whiskey. So I'm going to give a shout out to a buddy, Scott Sofield. You've heard his name on here before. The reason why you've heard his name is because he was the winner of the golf tournament uh, where we did the putting contest. He's the guy that won uh, the bottle of whiskey. So he decided to share with me one of his favorites. And this is Redwood Empire's Pipe Dream uh, bourbon whiskey. Very good, uh, Scott. Thank you for the bottle. It is uh, absolutely something that will be in my rotation uh, moving forward. And I've only had like two sips. <laughs> so I, I'm a fan. Um, I, what I've been doing lately is uh, I, I've been trying to find out, you know, where can you find some information on these things? Because it's pretty cool when you look it up. They have a website, redwoodempirewhiskey.com. Uh, and they've done a, good, a great job, honestly, with it. This is another Sonoma County, uh, 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 California uh, place. And this is how they define Pipe Dream. So I think it's kind of cool. They, just, they, they define Pipe Dream by saying it's named for the 14th tallest tree on the planet. Pipe Dream is their first bourbon whiskey. Pipe Dream bourbon is made from barrels aged between 4 and 12 years with a high corn mash bill. Smooth and complex, it is a true sipping whiskey. So that, to me, is just like the way that I would explain this drink. A lot of times they, they'll, you know, places that have the sophisticated palates will say all the sophisticated stuff. For me, this is exactly what this defined. It is a great sipping whiskey, very smooth, easy to drink, uh, and you're never going to complain about it. Um, the cool thing I like about their website in particular is they actually have recommended ways to enjoy the drink. So they, they if you scroll down far enough, they have like a, a julep dream, they call it. Uh, you can do the Redwood Fashioned. You know, uh, they have a Sequoia Sour. Um, Eureka is another one and the Morning Fog. So they have these different nice. drinks that they've kind of – uh, made for you. All you got to do is you click on the recipe and it tells you exactly what they use to make it. So I clicked on the Redwood Fashion because I'm an old-fashioned guy. They did two ounces of Redwood Empire Pipe Dream Bourbon. Uh, half an ounce of simple syrup. So you use simple syrup in there. Four dashes of bitters and one Meyer lemon peel. So again, it gives you a real solid thing. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So now, uh, when, cool when you when you make your old fashions, do you actually measure it out? Or are you just like a, I'm just going to eyeball this as I pour kind of a guy. Oh, I'm more of an eyeballer. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm definitely doing more than two ounces of right. whiskey, first of all. Um, but right. yeah, no, I'm definitely yeah. an eyeballer. Yeah. I and, just you know, make and I don't sure like using, right. yeah, and I don't, <laughs> I'm not a big simple syrup fan. So I prefer yeah. not to go simple syrup. Um, I like the cube syrups or not syrups, the cube sugars. Have you ever seen yeah. the cube sugars? Yep. I think they're just honestly kind of part over. of it. Well, you pour it over and it's kind of fun to smash yeah. it and stuff afterwards. Right. Uh, but no, that's, that's typically if I'm making a, a old fashioned, I'm going to try to, you know, use the stuff that I like with it, which is a little bit different than how they might recommend it be made. But uh, that gives you an idea what I'm drinking tonight. Again, like I said, very good. Um, yeah, I, I've enjoyed, 
the whiskey part of our podcast because I'm learning a lot. Um, I've always liked whiskey and bourbon. I've never, you know, really explored too far into it. But now that I am really exploring into it because of our podcast, it's been uh, very enjoyable and something I've learned a lot about a ton of different types of whiskeys that are out there. So that is that. Um, let's move on to our next uh, segment and really get started to talk about fantasy football, which I think is well, not everybody, but some of you listen to us for that reason alone. <laughs> So week six recap, there's going to be a couple things that are from week six and a couple things that are not. So one guy that is back on the IR after maybe thinking he might come off of it is CMC. Um, so he's out another three weeks. FYI, pay attention, know your teams, understand what's going on there. Um, from a fantasy standpoint, this would be the time in my a, a playoff team in your fantasy league. You could probably find a way to get CMC off the guy that owns him. Um, yeah. So not a bad timing to try and trade for him. Yeah. Another guy I wrote down here is Michael Thomas. So he was supposed to come back this week, still not able to play physically uh, on the pup list. I believe is what I last saw. Yep, um, and he's it's sounding to your point, like you're saying, sounds like he's going to stay on there maybe another week, um, possibly too. So because of that, he's a guy that in some leagues. It, depending on the IR situation um, with with teams and their benches and if there are IR slots, someone to, you know, do a quick little search uh, in the, in your free agency uh, bar and see, did somebody drop this guy? Um, yeah. Because yeah. we don't really know who he's going to be when he comes back. We have, obviously, we haven't really seen him all too much without, um, without Drew Brees. Um, and, and we don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back. So there's a lot of dart throw there, but there's a lot of talent there that we've seen. Yeah. And you know, that, that's a lot of good points, but somebody just to keep updated for those that are looking, um, as far as injuries that kind of bit people last week, I think honestly, it's kind of crazy. I don't feel like there was a ton. No, um, but nothing big uh, that not. stands out. Knox, the tight end for Buffalo, was probably the biggest hurt for mm-hmm. a couple of Broken people. Hand. Yeah, so he's going to be out for a little bit, um, the, and you're going to be looking elsewhere for a tight end. So he had surgery, I believe, today or yesterday. He had surgery on his hand to, to repair whatever he has going on. Um, with that, they're on by this week, which is a plus for them. Um, he might only miss maybe a week or two, depending on the hand injury and and how they're able to like wrap that up and, and keep it secure. Um, he might not be out as long as you think. Right. We could maybe find him back sooner. That could actually bite you in the butt, though. Yeah. Because least, he might be yeah. out there more in a blocking. Well, not, not necessarily because he's using hands a lot. It's, it's interesting well, how they're going to use him when he comes back yeah. at the beginning. You know, long story right. short, he'll, he'll probably be healthy by playoffs for you. But oh, for you, sure. You're gonna. You should prepare yourself to be looking for a player. Right. Um, period. You know, right. For the next four to five weeks at a minimum. Yeah. Um, and and, you if, might and be if it's streaming. shorter than that, listen. If it's shorter than that, great. But then my guess is you're right. not. So you might find yourself streaming that position for a while. Um, but you may be because he was on by this week, anyways. If you if you got yourself prepared for this week already uh, with your pickups and whatnot. Um, 
hopefully you grab someone that you can start kind of more long term. Yeah. Yeah. The position there. Absolutely. Uh, we'll stick at the position. News around the league. Obviously, the first one is Zach Ertz. I think everybody who pay attention to fantasy football, you've heard and you know. He was traded to Arizona. I mean, talk about a player that went from a really just unfortunate position, I think is the best way to put it, to likely one of the – I mean, if you're a tight end and you want to play on a team, is that not the one team you want to go to? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. How and much, you know, action can that – I'm they sure Tyler's going to be really excited about having him. Oh, there. yeah. It's just another and, weapon. Well – and look at what they did with Max Williams. That's my point. It's just another weapon, another player that, you know, that he can throw to that has been proven his skill set and the ability to catch the ball and run with it. I mean, he's a, he's yeah. a good catching tight end. And you go to Arizona, I mean, shit. They're going to be – they got to be excited about that. So if you have him, great. Uh, if you don't, uh, we'll see. And, again, temper a little bit of expectations with that because who knows how long it takes him to understand the complexities of that offense. So – at the very beginning, right. it might be a little bit slow for you. His, right. His route tree is probably really going to be limited to a certain degree getting yeah. started. I don't see him taking long learning this playbook and getting things going, though. Um, I know, you know, and, and we, me and you had kind of talked about this a little bit more off of our podcast, but I, I talked down on Kyle Pitts because the offensive uh, scheme at the tight end position in the NFL in general is difficult to grasp and understand it and really get that, that ball rolling. And that's why Kyle Pitts right now um, in PPR scoring is the 10th best tight end uh, averaging about 12 points a week. He had a good week last week, which you'd like to see. And he should hopefully continue some of that work there. Kyle Pitts that is, but in general, once you as a tight end, once you understand how offenses run how to play the tight end position in the nfl you, you kind of just pick it up and each team kind of just has their nuances and so i don't see Ertz struggling in that capacity uh like i did uh talking about kyle pitts yeah and that's yeah. just because you know a rookie versus here's the seasoned veteran who's a super bowl champion sure um, absolutely he's gonna go out there he's gonna be very professional know know what he's doing and uh, I think I said this on our DFS pocket. I see him scoring a touchdown this week. A lot of offenses, a lot of teams like to do that with a player that they just just acquired. Uh, it's really easy to say, hey, Zach Ertz, we're playing against the worst team in the NFL against tight ends, and we have the ball on the five-yard line. Do, do a, a seven-yard out to the po- – <laughs> you know, do a seven-yard out here we're going to hit you for a touchdown Yeah, in your first week. Yeah. And it's, it's Houston. So so it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to help. Um, anyway, good news there. All right. So, uh, one other tight end since we're on the the subject there, Gronk is the guy I want to mention. Um, he's been injured. Obviously a lot of people have figured that out, but anyway, he's a punctured lung, I believe was a part of the rib injury. So taking it really slow with him. With the matchup they got this week in Chicago, I think they just, you know, I think they play well. That I don't, you know, he hasn't practiced uh, as of Wednesday. So I don't know. I don't know that he plays. Just pay attention to that more than anything else is the reason why I had him written down. Yeah. Hopefully he's back soon. Um, he's a guy that may be available in a couple different leagues. He's been dropped. Um, so another guy to, 
to see if, uh, especially maybe you lost out on Dawson Knox or something. Um, might be somebody that you can grab and stash and hopefully maybe not this week, but next week uh, be able to use going forward. It's yep. hard to carry yep. three tight ends, but if you it's can throw tough. at least one of those guys into the year, an IR slot, um, you might be. You well, know, that's the hard part with there. Gronk is they, they don't they haven't IR'd him. I mean, he's just been questionable right. every week. So right, but once he get once he gets that out designation, you can throw him in there and then go and yeah. grab somebody else. Yeah, that's yep, that's a week by week thing. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so that's that one. Uh, the only other things I want to mention on the injuries, um, Tony. Uh, is it Kadarius? I don't want to say it's Kadarius. I don't know. Uh, the uh, rookie wide receiver for the Giants, he had a absolute giant week and then comes out and gets hurt. So uh, I know not yeah. a lot of people were excited about that. I believe he's doubtful this week, so pay attention to that. And then the only other guy I had written down was Bateman. Excited to see him on the field. He had six targets last week, four catches. Um, so decent week for his first game on the field with Baltimore. Uh, we'll see what he looks to be as the season goes on. Um, so as we get into this week's stuff, the first thing um, I, I have it written down, Bob, we don't have to talk much about it. We can get kind of get into the games, uh, but lots of good teams on bye weeks this week. So just uh, I think a lot of there's a lot of fancy players from these teams. So I would say good teams. I don't mean like, you know, these teams are better than the other teams. I mean, like, you know, if you think of Minnesota, you have three or four startable players on Minnesota's team. You think about Buffalo again three or four startable, maybe even five startable players in Buffalo. Even in Pittsburgh in a down year for Roethlisberger, you still got three guys that are absolute starters um, that are in that team. So you look at all these starters that are, are you know, these aren't like questionable. They're the, on the fringe guys. I mean, you're if you have most of these guys that are sitting out this week, they're your starters. So um, missing out on some, some, good players uh you always gotta look for some cheap options did you have any in mind that could be available in some of the leagues that you're in um it's just it's such a hard week like you were saying in terms of who are you getting and being able to grab off of waivers and be able to throw in there um a lot of leagues probably had the the uh, cleveland running backs as potential availability but i really don't like any of any of cleveland's guys this week the entirety of the offense is out and so they're playing with all of their backups um so you maybe think that you struck gold with like dearness johnson or something like that but sure uh, it he will only pay off if he falls into the end zone and they're playing against denver who actually has a pretty good defense um so Oh, God. It's just really hard to say that there's a there were really good options out there to be able to stream, and so hopefully you can just uh, get through this week, limp through, and maybe you're fortunate enough to play against another team that has that lineup. Um, if you remember back at the beginning of the off season, I, I suggested the strategy of drafting a bunch of players within the same bye week which mm-hmm. this is that bye week, yeah. week seven. Um, and so I actually do have one of my teams uh, where I have Austin Eckler and I also have uh, Najee Harris. Um, it's working out really, really well. Uh, that team started out 0-2, but they are now 4-2 and coming into this bye week. Um, 
I believe I'm starting like Jeremy McNichols as my second <laughs> as my second running back this week in that league. Um, just to give an example of kind of the, the bare bones of what you're really looking at potentially starting because no, you're of not all of these guys in that league because you're playing me and I plan on kicking your butt. No, I'm actually playing your wife in that league. Um, oh, well, your team is just that bad in yeah. uh, the other league, Whiskey and Wipes. That that's fine. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so no. let's see. You're you are starting. Yeah, you're starting Jeremy McNichols as your other. That's, yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, but but you know Brittany's got side, a lot of buys too. I mean, but right, and and so the plus side of that being now I only have to worry about the one bye week. If you were able to follow that uh, mm-hmm. that that strategy, you only have to think about the one bye week. I'm probably going to lose this week because of those buys. Um, but hey, you never know what'll happen. Um, yep. Weird things happen. It's a it's fantasy football. Um, so I maybe will squeak by with win, but I'm I'm fully expecting to lose this week. So with those two guys on by this week, I don't have to think about running backs the rest of the season really, unless one of those two guys gets hurt. But I got my two starting running backs week in and week out, um, and, and that's just part of the draft strategy that develops into what it is right now, um, and, and kind of having the full strength of my team or at least the majority of the strength of my team every single week otherwise. Um, so just a couple of, of things, uh, I guess, for, for the future in terms of uh, how you're constructing your team or like if you are looking at bye weeks going forward, um, try and get a, about a week ahead of things or if you're going to make a trade with someone, it could be wise to look at, all right, did this guy already have his buy? Or is this someone who maybe shares a bye week with another one of my players? And is that something that I want to intentionally do? Or do I want to, maybe I'm not going to trade for him because of that. So just a couple of things to kind of keep in mind as the season progresses here. Yeah. And I think as we were going through the uh, draft, I, you know, I remember week seven really being a popular bye week just with, again, we said it earlier with talent, really good talent, really good teams. I mean, I, I didn't mention the chargers a minute ago, but they got just as much players as all the other ones we've already talked about. So, bring right. it, well, let's dive into it. Let's talk about week seven. Who do, who's who's on tap? So, first, uh, pour it out games. Uh, this is the, the ones on tap that we only going to try to spend about a minute. We're going to try to limit our time here on some of these games. So, I'm going to go first. I got Washington Green Bay. Um, I know this is a pour it out game. Uh, there probably could be further analysis here, but I don't think we need it. So, Real quick and easy, um, Green Bay from his uh, players on Green Bay, uh, just statistically things to be aware of. You could have a really good week out of Devon playing against Washington, whose defense has been pretty poor this year. I think, what, 31st or 32nd right now against wide receivers. Um, so not not the best uh, defense for uh, you know them at the end of the day. You're, you're getting a good value. You're not, I mean, in your weekly stuff, you're pretty excited about – having Devontae Adams this week. Um, I do think just the style of play, Washington still has a pretty decent defensive line. I don't know what they're ranked against running backs, um, but I I think this is more of an Aaron Rodgers week than it is an Aaron Jones week. Um, On the Washington side, um, you got to go with uh, McLaurin. I know uh, the Green Bay 
defensive backs have been a little banged up. So you should have some chance to play um, and, and get some good numbers out of McLaurin. Uh, it's Ricky Seals – is it Ricky Seals? Seals Jones. Yeah, Seals Jones. Uh, he had a good week last week for you at tight end. I would expect that in a lot of ways to continue. Um, temper mm-hmm. expectations with the running backs in Washington – uh, and I don't think you're playing Hineke. Last week we talked a lot about Hineke being a big player and a big starter. Um, this week I don't, I don't know that I'm streaming. Then he so. fell on his face. I know he did. Uh, but anyway, so that's that game in a real quick nutshell. Bob, anything I missed? Because I know you're going to no, say something. No, I mean, there's there's not a lot of uh, deep analysis there. Ricky Seals-Jones, as you mentioned, uh, a guy that is getting a lot of usage um, given uh, his – there's really nobody else there right now. Logan Thomas being hurt. Um, Packers give up about 12 points to the tight ends. And so he could be the maybe one of the better guys to be playing this week next to, uh, especially at the tight end spot. Yep, absolutely. All right, your game, Jets, Pats. Um, not a lot on the Jets side of the ball. Um, this may be a week where you start Mike Carter um, just because there's, really nobody else playing football this week at the position. Um, so he's maybe a guy that you're looking at, but you can't really love it. New England uh, is 13th best against running backs. Um, not a lot of points really going to be had there. The Jets on the other side of the ball, they give up um, 28th most points to running backs. And so here's where Harris – um, may have a nice big game. Damian Harris uh, should see the end zone. But really, that backfield is getting a little muddied. Uh, Stevenson's getting a little bit of work there. Uh, Bolden is, is stepping into that receiving role. And so who knows how that's really going to shake out. But again, if, you're, if you have Harris, you're starting him, um, and you're really going to feel confident in it. Um, one guy that I also do like on the New England side of the ball is uh, Jacoby Myers. He's been chomping at the bit to try and score a touchdown in his career here. I think it happens against the Jets, um, and he could have a bigger game finally breaking out, um, hopefully at least, and scoring a touchdown, maybe 100 yards on top of it, even though the Jets really don't give up a lot of points. Um there's not a ton of analysis beyond those couple of players. And, and a lot of it is just purely due to these bye weeks and, and not really having a ton of other options out there. Yeah, I agree. Um, next one is Carolina, the Giants. This one I'll take. Uh, with Carolina, uh, I think you're excited about pretty much everybody on that team right now. I mean, with the exception of the drops that you're getting from Robbie Anderson, um, I, I think mostly the guys are very playable and you're starting them. And I say most of the guys, really only three. You got Darnold. He's a, he could be a good streamer this week for those that maybe are looking at him or maybe a quarterback yet on a bye. Maybe you got Darnold. That's a good play. Um, if Darnold is your starting quarterback, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, this week is, is a fine week for you to have him. Um, I think this is a little like, bounce back for him, yeah. Yeah, and Hubbard is you – know, the Giants are 31st. Uh, against running back, well, and, and this is more, you know, they give up 137 yards on the ground a week. I, I, you know, that's 29th worst in the NFL. That's you're you have some good expectations if you got Hubbard. 
Uh, and DJ Moore, again, kind of the same thing. They're not as bad against wide receivers, not that they're good, um, but they're not as bad as they are against the running back. I think they're 25th or something like that. I don't have it in front of me here, Bobby, but I think that's what I saw earlier, uh, 23rd maybe. Uh, but anyway, so they're, uh, again, not as bad, but uh, yeah, twenty. they give up uh, 264 yards passing, so that's 22nd worst um, in the NFL. So overall, like I said, you're excited about those players uh, on the giant side. If Barkley plays, that's, you know, you're playing that's, him. Yeah. But it's unlikely. Uh, it's looking yeah. like he'll, he'll sit another week here. And I wouldn't blame the giants for sitting him another week. I think he should. Um, uh, Sterling Shepard, I think is a good play, uh, a very good play. If you look at Sterling and just real quick on him, cause I don't like to spend too much time on this. Um, he had nine targets, 10 targets, three targets in a game that he was out after the first quarter and then 14 targets coming back last week. So, you know, I would expect you're going to get somewhere between 15 to 25 points out of Sterling Shepard. Yeah. And that's I like, my guess. I like Shepard. I mean, it's hard not to like this kid. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, so there, there's your, there's your analysis there. Um, for the most part, that's really what you're looking at with the Giants. Uh, most everybody else you're laying off of, and primarily because of injuries. I mean, all the, their wide receivers are hurt. So, um, yeah. Sterling Shepard even gets more attractive there. But that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. So, Bobby, and you get the next just, one. Into, oh. Just one thing that I do want. Sterling Shepard may be a guy that you can get cheap as maybe a throw-in in and in, in a trade that you're doing for somebody else. Somebody to actually target in every game that he has played, uh, started, and finished. Um, he has been a startable wide receiver. Uh, not a lot of other wide receivers can say that. Now, he has three games this year that he's been able to say that four where he started and finished, but his worst finish in a game that he, he played the entirety of was 21st. Um, otherwise, he was eighth and 19th. He's a solid wide receiver, too, and you're probably going to be playing him in a flex spot. Um, someone that I really do like a lot um, for the for the rest of the season here. And if you look at the Giants' schedule coming up, so they got the Panthers this week, then they got the Chiefs, they got the Raiders, they got a bye, and they hit the Buccaneers. Yeah. Um, so you like a lot of those coming matchups here, and you get them against Carolina this week um, if you're able to trade for them or, or – Hold on to them, depending on how things go, um, if you already have them on your team. But someone that you could target and get a lot of use out of them in the next four or five weeks. Yeah, good good analysis. Uh, we we're supposed to spend a minute per game. You spent over a minute on one player. Anyway. Yep, because it's <laughs> I got to give you shit. I got to give you shit. I know All you right, do. Next one is Detroit versus the Rams. Bobby, what do you got? Um, so Detroit side of the ball, really the only guy that you're starting there. You got two that you're going to be looking at Hawkinson. He's on track to play this week um, and Swift beyond that. It's really hard to trust anybody else. Um, now the, the Rams do have actually strangely a not very good secondary, um, at least for fantasy purposes. Um, I'm as I'm talking here, I'm going to try and find uh, their stuff, but yeah, they're, they're middle of the road, 18th, against wide receivers, you would think that they would actually be better than that. 
Um, just given who, you know, they got Jalen Ramsey, they, they have good defensive line up front. They should be getting a lot of pressure. Um, this is one game that I see the Rams getting some turnovers, getting some of that stuff going. Uh, it's a little bit of a re- revenge game on both sides of the ball with the Rams trying to get at Jared Goff, Lions trying to get at Stafford. I see this as a, as, as a big Stafford game, actually. Uh, for the Rams, I think maybe three, four touchdowns is not outside of the question. Um, given how bad the Lions are, um, they're actually worst against running backs. And so you really love Henderson this week. Um, he, he should be really good to go and, and hitting the ground running. They, they're giving up about 30 points, if not more, per week against that position. So he's due for a huge game. Um, but I, I see Stafford taking some shots. Um, the Lions actually do have a, a decent secondary fantasy wise, but that's just because they get down so much, uh, in games and teams just aren't passing on them. Um, I don't know that Stafford's going to do that. <laughs> He's going to keep passing. And so you, you like Stafford, like Henderson, uh, Higby is a, is kind of a fun, uh, streamer for the week. But again, the Lions don't really give up a lot against tight ends because, again, they're not throwing a lot, not really using a tight end position against them defensively. Um, and so that's kind of where those kind of correlate together. And then you're starting your two wide receivers, uh, Cup and and Bobby Trees. Yeah, you took way too long on that one as well. Um, but I love you. I do love you because uh, you are my brother. Next is Houston, Arizona. Um, real quick on the Houston side, only player you're even considering playing is Brandon Cook. And I think he's a good value this week. Uh, just, again, think conceptually they're probably going to be behind, have to throw the ball a good bit. Look for double-digit t- double targets for, for Cooks, but we'll see how the production turns out. Um, on the Arizona side, you're starting everybody. Um, I, th- I think uh, – even I even think you're going down to the the Christian Kirks and the Rondell Moores of the world that you're debating about. Those mm-hmm. guys are are definitely options. I think they're good flex plays. Um, so I, I think those are guys that you're probably going to flex uh, in there a little bit on the running back side. You're excited. So if Chase Edmonds plays, you're really excited. If if Connor plays, you're really excited. I think both of those guys are startable this week. Um, primarily, they're the you know uh, Houston that. Overall, fantasy-wise, ranks about 18th, I believe, kind of middle of the pack. But they give up 141 rushing yards a game, which is 31st in the NFL. So just expect, I would say, decent games out of those two guys. Because they split, neither of them are going to ever have giant weeks. Um, But pay attention to Chase Edmonds. If he doesn't play, uh, James Conner's a really good flyer. Yeah. Um, Of those wide receivers on the Arizona side, that you're talking about, um, you know, outside, obviously, outside of DeAndre Hopkins. Um, in the last four games, A.J. Green has finished 22nd, 17th. Now, then he had 103rd, and then he was 14th. So he is actually one of the most consistent uh, wide receivers for this team. Over hold the on, last four weeks. On. You just said he's one of the more consistent, but you had a hundred and third in there. Well, he had so he had <laughs> three he had three top twenty-five finishes. Sure, sure. In the last four weeks. You, right. You said but he had three but he had three of the top. No, if I'm throwing a dart at one of the guys, give me the guy who's going Well, you're not throwing darts here though. At the end of the day, I, I see what you're saying and I know exactly where yeah. you're getting at. Because um, you know, if you look at Christian Kirk, 
he only has two top 25 finishes in the last four weeks, but he also has 111th and 43rd in there. Whereas AJ Green was, you know, 17th and 103rd. You yeah, know, well, so again, give me that. My whole point is those guys are flexible players this and, week. And same thing, Rondale Moore only won top 27 again in the last four weeks. Flexible so players. If, Why are you destroying my if, my analysis? If I'm fine. looking, I'm just letting you know that if, if you're going to be playing one of those other three wide receivers, I'm advocating saying AJ Green is the guy that you want to be starting if you have the options. If maybe AJ Green could potentially be someone who's available in a league. He's been fairly consistent over the last four weeks. And now he goes into a really favorable matchup against Houston. I'm just saying you've you've bombarded my time and completely ruined our one minute pull out. I would not have to do that if you did your job properly. I, I, my job was done <laughs> perfectly fine. And you, you didn't even mention you didn't even mention Ertz as a well, uh, I, as yeah. a huge option but, here. See, it's not it's you know, not necessary, uh, especially with we Houston already talked being about the Ertz. worst. We Houston's already had the worst conversation against against tight ends. Yeah, we've already Plays had that Ertz. conversation. See, had we not had that conversation, then maybe I would have mentioned him. But we already discussed it, so I didn't need to say it again to our listeners. All right, uh, Bobby, next game, Chicago-Tampa. Go quickly, please. Chicago, um, I don't know that you're playing any Bears. I really don't. Um, You just can't trust them as bad as Tampa Bay's secondary is. I don't know what world you live in that you're going to start Darnell Mooney, who's actually getting more targets and more air yards. Then, and I, why this is the case, I don't know, but um, Allen Robinson isn't the highest targeted and, and deepest ball guy on the team. I don't get that. Um, how, anyways, it, it's baffling. Um, you just can't trust anybody on Chicago. Um, and Tampa Bay's run defense is very stout. And so, you know, Khalil Herbert uh, or, or Daryl Williams, whoever it is that's going to be thrown out there to, to be just ravaged by that defense. Um, I don't know what you're going to do. Tampa Bay side of the ball, you're pretty much starting everybody. It's really hard not to. You're going to obviously start Tom Brady. You're starting your three wide receivers with uh, with Godwin. Uh, as long as he's playing, obviously, um, uh, Antonio Brown, uh, there's, there's some questions as to whether or not he's going to play this week. It's looking like he will. Uh, and then Ed Evans. Ed Evans kind of does this thing where he has a good week, then, then he's not involved, and then he has a really good week, and then he's not involved again. Uh, I think we're on a Evans is involved week. Um, so maybe he scores two touchdowns this week. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, he, he was really consistent, actually, over the uh, last five weeks. He had four top finishes, but then uh, – then he was 73rd last week. So that's not really good. Um, at, at the tight end position for Tampa Bay, not really certain if Gronk is going to go. It's looking like he'll probably miss another week. Um, and I think you mentioned that OJ Howard might actually be out as well. And so Cameron Bright would get a lot of more usage there. Um, someone that you could stream and start for the week. Sorry, I, I, fell, I fell asleep because you took so damn long. You're welcome. 
You know what? I think moving forward, I'm just going to take you out of all and, of the And shoot me out. behind the shed? <laughs> no, I just, I mean, uh, you're just not going to be involved in any of them, right? Because you're going to have your own analysis to say anyway. Yeah. So you won. Do I get my own section? No, no. <laughs> to like, just, talk about all these things. We just know you're going to say something anyway because you're going to be like, oh, you missed this. I can't believe you didn't say it. So we'll just like well, not give you a game. Well, but do you do you want me to go into the things or do you want me to just say start everyone on Tampa Bay, start nobody for Chicago? Well, no, you can have a little bit more than that. See, that okay. was only five see, seconds, right? See, see, that was only five seconds. But then you can doesn't matter. We'll 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 use it. We'll do this a is, training session, this is Bobby. We'll on go to, air we'll, training right now. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go to a training, training session with you later on <laughs> and uh, and get this thing down pat for you. So you know exactly. Everyone, everyone is getting a, a view behind the curtain. Of if what you happens. if you've talked so long that you haven't heard me say something, that's too long. <laughs> All right, right. Well, you can't remember the last thing that I said. It's been too long. All right. Now let's get into the two-minute games. Uh, this is the take-a-shot game. So these ones could be decent. Uh, I'm going to start with Denver and Cleveland. Um, this, are, uh, this game, I think, uh, the, the reason why I put it here is not because you're super excited about the players, but I think there's a decent amount to talk about and what to expect, okay? Um, and I think you probably know what I mean. I sent a, a message out to you and John earlier today, Bobby. Um, but Cleveland could have, like, everybody out. <laughs> Right, like nobody, right. Playing. nobody's playing. Yeah, Nobody. it it could get real ugly real fast um, for Cleveland. So as of right now, the questionable marks are for Baker. I think both Hunt and Chubb are both already ruled out. I believe I got to yeah. double check on Chubb. Yeah, they are. Landry is available to come back, but the likelihood is low. Mm-hmm. Beckham had a shoulder injury, and then if you want to get really specific. They have two offensive tackles, one with a knee, one with an ankle. They have a, their center has a knee issue, and even on defense, they got a guy that's out. So right. it's just not looking good for them. I on top of the- on top of all that, Broncos third best against quarterbacks, sixth best against running backs, fourteenth against wide receivers, third best against tight ends. Even if these guys were playing, you're not really excited about it, and now you have every backup playing on a Thursday night game. Well, and here's the other thing, Bobby. Cleveland is really good on defense. Right. Like, this game could be – like, it's going to be a – I think it's going to be a pretty decent game to watch. Like, it's going to be close. But this – if you are one Mm -hmm. of those fans of those high-scoring, throw-the-ball-100-times kind of games, that's just not this game. Right? Right. So, you know, and a, from a from a fantasy standpoint, who is there to get excited about? Um, I think this would be a good, a good game for the national, national televised fantasy footballers to really see the dynamic of Gordon and Williams in Denver's backfield. Right. So but then the, but, and you look at that, though, and Cleveland only gives up 15 points collectively to the running back position on average. Oh, I, yeah. And no, so I'm not saying not like, like they're I'm not saying get excited about starting or anything like that. And so really the only guys that you can get excited about would be wide receivers for Denver, but who's going to be throwing them the ball? Well, that's... is, is, is Teddy playing this week? So uh, he might. And if it's not, I think Drew Locke isn't that much of a step down. 
Yeah. Yeah, Um, You're still starting Sutton, though. Yeah, Um, Sutton's the one player. Sutton and honestly, I think Sutton and Fant. I think those are the two players that are no-brainer starters in this, this game. Um, and everybody else, you know, enjoy the the boring, you know, not boring. I actually like these kind of games personally, but it's probably going to be like 16 to 21, right? Like it's going to be fairly low scoring um, and uh, not much excitement. Uh, as, a, uh, as a Viking fan, uh, Case Keenum, I hope, gets the, the nod because that might be kind of fun to watch. He, yes, he is, uh, he is on track to be oh, the so starter. Pizza. Yeah, Baker is on track to be, yeah, he's on track to be the starter. And then it's Stefanski as well as, oh, I know. as the head coach. It's, so that's kind of fun. And look yeah. for like Peoples, Jones guys, Higgins. If you have to right. take a flyer, those aren't terrible ideas because, you know, this is one of those games where as much as, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, I don't know, just don't touch it if you can help it. But good things right. to know uh, about the game before it all happens. But uh, that's all I really got for that. One. As, so as we talked about Sutton, he's the ultimate boomer bust guy. In six games, he is either top 10 in three games or he's bottom 55 <laughs> in the other three games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's the ultimate of, of boom, or, boom or bust. Yep. And given the secondary that he's going up against, uh, this is a team that actually um, gives up well, a not fair the, amount of points. Honestly, it's, it's not the secondary that is a concern uh, when you're playing against Cleveland. It's the defensive linemen. I mean, they yeah, have the but, best so in the NFL. Ju- just looking at points allowed. Um, sure. No, no. Browns you looking give up strictly fantasy? Points. Yeah. No, yeah. I get it. I get it. But yeah. I'm saying, like, you don't expect much. I mean, if if Teddy has any kind of issue moving in the pocket, that they're just not going to be a lot of points scored in that game. Yeah. All right. Next game is uh, Atlanta Miami. And and guys, by the way, I think all of these games we've talked about so far have been poured out games. For real, there's just yeah. not a lot of options. Week, but go ahead, Bobby. Right, the, uh, yeah, with so many teams out, six teams on by or whatever it is, yeah. um, it's it's really hard to to be excited about anything. At, of all the things to be excited about, I'm actually excited about two of this week. I mean, it's Atlanta. They're not exactly uh, anything that's that you're scared about. Um, you're hoping that Miami finally opens up their eyes and says, "Oh, hey." we're going to uh, give the ball to our best running back and not split the carries three ways every single week because Miles Gaskin can have like, like he did two weeks ago. He was the second best running back in fantasy when he had his, you know, what it was a 10 receptions, two touchdown game against Tampa. Yeah. Um, he can do a lot of really great things when you give him the ball, just give him the dang ball. Um, so that's kind of the Miami side there. Uh, you like Gasicki. You're probably going to be starting him. Who else are you going to really play at tight end? Um, and then Jalen Waddle's someone to be very excited about. It looks like Devontae Parker is coming back as well. Um, and so something to really keep an eye on there and see what kind of usage there is. Um, you're probably starting all those guys, especially given the buy. And, you know, other than that, the, these are all players that are flexible. Um you you're maybe getting a little squirrely if you're if you're streaming Tua, but one thing that I want to highlight is that Miami is the I believe second pass heaviest team in the NFL, and so 
that's where you do love the amount of targets and the, and the amount of usage that's coming from that offense on the uh, through the air, at least. Um, Atlanta side of the ball, it's really hard. You know, here they come. They come back from London um, off their bye. It's hard to not start Cordell Patterson. He's, what, like the 10th best running back in the NFL right now, which is just weird to say. Um, so you're you're more than likely playing him. Um, you're playing Ridley. You're playing Pitts. Beyond that, there's not really much else going on there. Yeah, I, yeah it's not going to necessarily be a good game. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> think Ridley real. has a nice little bounce back. He hasn't been particularly be particularly usable, but Miami gives up roughly 40 points to the wide receiver position each week as a whole. And so I think this is a Ridley bounce back game. And uh, given the, the position uh, on the field that Pitts lines up in, I think he gets a little bit involved in that. Um, And so could be a nice little game there. Um, Now that doesn't mean Matt Ryan's going to have a good game. Uh, but I could see their receivers uh, collecting a nice little bit of points here. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll get into the next game is Philly-Las Vegas, and I think this is the first decent game we're going to really talk about. Um, this one, I'm at, you know, honestly, out of all the games on the docket this week, I'll probably tune into this one. Um, but from a fantasy standpoint, number one, I have Jalen Hurts on a, in, a, in uh, the Highlander League, which is my my big one, so – uh, I do uh, pay attention to him anytime he's playing, but I think it's a it's it's kind of a difficult matchup for both teams across the board. There could be it's one of those games where you could see this game being like, you know, thirty five to twenty eight, or it could be like a ten to seventeen. Like like there's a lot of ways I feel like this game could go. But let's talk a little bit about it real quick from a, a fantasy standpoint. Be prepared for a few things. Number one. The Eagles are pretty good defensively, um, especially against the pass. So temper expectations, you're not – nobody's really starting Derek Carr, but when I say temper expectations, uh, you're tempering them for most of the wide receivers um, that you'd be looking at. And, and really, I guess Renfro's probably the, the, the first guy you think of starting. Ruggs, after he had a decent week, um, he, he could be a guy you think of starting as well. Uh, but those are, are kind of – spotty flex plays and this would not be the the week to start those guys um waller on the other hand i think this is a good week for him um you know again we've seen it a lot with teams that are really you know fairly good against the wide receiver position they're not typically as good against the tight ends because the ball's got to go somewhere right so um waller you know does he get to back to his what 19 targets and 10 catches that first week i don't think so but could you see somewhere between, you know, like maybe 12-ish targets and about eight to nine catches? Yeah. Because um, I do think that uh, this will be a good game overall, and we'll see kind of how things develop. Um, now, other position players to pay attention to, um, obviously, like I said, you're, you're starting Hurts if you have them. Um, uh, on the running back side, it's a little bit tough, at, and this is my opinion across the board. I just don't start any Philadelphia running back. Uh, it's it's hard to it. They make it difficult to. They do, it, and, and it's not they like had, they haven't had chances. I mean, Sanders for the most part is the guy you'd think of, right? Right. I mean, but he had 15, one run in the first half of last week's game. That, that's what I'm saying. He had 15 carries once all season. Once. Right. 
And that was in a game against Atlanta that they won 32 to 6. They haven't had any other games like that all year. You know, and he's you know he's involved in the passing game, but does he get a lot of looks? No, right. you know it's just it's tough. So I think you the, avoid most the, uh, running backs in Philly. Yeah, the only thing that you can hang your hat on is that Miles Sanders was out there for eighty-one percent of snaps last week, so he's at least on the field. Um, they're just not running the ball. Yeah. Yep, the only other guy that uh, on the running back side is Josh Jacobs to really talk about. He's been sneaky good. I mean, he's double digit points pretty much every week. He's kind of that that guy that he doesn't. He's not a boomer bust guy. He's kind of like the steady Eddie. You know what I mean? So keep yeah. starting him, keep playing him. If he falls in for two or three touchdowns, you're gonna love him, right? I mean, that's at the end of the day what you're looking at there. Um, again, wide receivers. I think the you know you're definitely starting uh, Devontae Smith. Uh, and hoping that he, he turns it around. And then we've mentioned briefly uh, on, I think it was on DK actually, it was uh, uh, Dallas Goddard. Now that he's kind of owning that himself, uh, he could actually be a decent stream, uh, not even a streaming option. I mean, I think moving forward, he becomes a very startable player every week um, and has a pretty decent matchup against the Raider, uh, Raiders, who's about 25th or so against tight ends. Yeah. Yeah, no, no arguments there, Josh Jacobs. Like you said, in games that he you know is fully involved in, he's a top twenty running back almost every single time. Yeah, and yeah. so steady Eddie is yeah that that one hundred percent defines probably how he plays the game and and definitely someone that you can trust in your lineup. All right, uh, Indy San Fran. Oh, okay. Oh. I want to backtrack one more second. Derek Carr. So this Eagles secondary is actually pretty good. There's only one quarterback all season that has got more than 20 and a half points. And that is Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Otherwise, they, they limited uh, uh, Tom Brady to 18 points. Only six out of uh, Carolina. Now Dallas uh, got that twenty. Otherwise, everyone else under twenty points. That's it. I mean, their secondary is really good. They're, I mean, they're averaging what like seventeen points against them all season long. Yep. Derek Carr, season long, I like him. This week, not so much. Sorry, I just had to throw that out there because definitely something that we want to pay attention to going forward. Philadelphia has a good secondary, which is contrary to what they've had in the past. Um, they're going to kind of feast over the next few weeks here as well. They don't really go up against any big-name quarterbacks um, through the rest of the season besides uh, week nine. They will have uh, Justin Herbert. Um, other than that, I mean, you got Giants, got Jets, got Washington. Nobody else that's really uh, too fantasy relevant there, but Something to just kind of keep an eye out for and and really pay attention to there. Yeah. Also, I needed to add another four minutes to this talk so that uh, Joe could yell at me again. Well, I mean, yeah, I said about four minutes ago, Indy and San Fran, and you haven't mentioned a word about him yet. So um, I'm going to take a quick Indy, nap. Go ahead. Yeah, take a nap. Um, that'll help. Let's see. All right. So. Indianapolis side of the ball, 
we're looking at uh wow my my brain isn't working now because i'm so worried about doing this very quickly for you joe <sighs> all right jonathan taylor two two first names you'll love it he's been the third best running back two of the last two weeks a top 10 running back um four of the weeks this season he's getting a lot of goal line carries He'll probably score another touchdown this week, if not more. He's said it, said it and forget it. Move on. Um, at the wide receiver position, you are probably starting Pittman. Um, again, given the 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 bye weeks that we're looking at here, uh, another guy, Pascal. He hasn't been relevant since week one. You're not going to be really touching too much there. Um, but Pittman is really the guy that you really want to focus on because this team will be passing. Um, he, he is someone that can get himself involved in that game and he's finished top 15 twice already this season. He can definitely replicate that as long as he's in the game. Um, okay. I got a quick Mo Alley Cox. Maybe, maybe you're going to do something with potential potential bet for us here. So just shut up for a second. How much do you like Pittman? <laughs> Not not a ton. Like, I mean, give me a number. Like, what do you think he is? Like top 30? Hmm. I mean, this week? Yeah, it's just this week. That's all we're talking about. Yeah, I'll go top 30 with him. I think he's... He's flex worthy. Um, let's see, where's San Francisco on my chart here in terms of what they give up? Yeah, yeah, I'll go top thirty just for some fun. All right, I'll make the bet. I think he's outside of the top thirty. All right, that that'll be an interesting one. It will be, and it'll be Maybe. Sunday night, so we can really, you know, yeah, something to pay attention to. Right. All right, keep going. Or you know what, you can be done if you want. We'll move on to the next game. Um, <laughs> you didn't mention a word on San Fran. So you might no, Mitchell, yeah, you'll play Mitchell just because, again, we really don't know what's going on with the San Francisco backfield yet, but Mitchell's presumably healthy. So you're going to play him and see what happens. Uh, hopefully he goes back to who he was in week one um, and can, like, uh, no pun intended, run away with the competition here. Um, there was totally pun intended on that. I'm I'm actually very curious as to what Brandon Ayuk can be. No, stop um, coming stop out of the bye. The fact coming that out of the bye, Brandon Ayuk in there. You, the only guy you should mention there as a wide receiver is Debo Samuel. So you just need to shut it. And right, we know off. Joe. We are everybody knows to start Debo. Yeah, but the fact that you had to even think about talking about Brandon. Okay, I'm just it, I'm just okay. saying he's we a go name, the next game. He's it's a much name more to keep your eye on. The next game is much more exciting. Are you ready? Can we be done with your analysis? Do you have yes. some statistic you got to tell us? No. We can awesome. we can move on. I don't I didn't really <laughs> have a lot here. See, Joe, the email that you sent out has all these games reversed, so I was not prepared for all the games. Yeah, that and you know what? I will way. say that uh, I will say that so, I, I I know. So I know, I'm I'm I trying know. to do some of this on the fly. Thank well, you not much. all these games. No, not all of them were at Atlanta. You had a, a yeah, couple but this one specifically, yeah. the one that Doesn't I'm matter. struggling with the most. I tell you what, for this, <laughs> for that reason alone, I'm going to let you keep the best game of the week, and I'm going to talk about Cincy and Baltimore. 
Okay. Okay. So Cincinnati Baltimore is one that I like. I actually think this is a little sneaky game. I think it could be a pretty high scoring game. Um, because I, I, I just, I can see it happening already. Most people would look at Baltimore Cincy and say, okay, this is going to be a defensive battle, right? Especially from the, the good old days. Like that's what, that's kind of what you'd expect from the AFC was AFC North teams or central or whatever they call themselves. Um, yeah, that's what they've always been. Defense, run, ball, defense, run, ball, right? Well, these teams are going to run it. Don't get me wrong, but I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I really do. Um, Analysis-wise, who are you playing? Why are you playing them? All that other fun stuff. And by the way, this is our first game on the Drink It Slows. Um, so on this game, from a, a wide receiver – well, let's start with the running back or a, a quarterbacks, I guess. I mean, it's pretty – I think both um, Burrow and – uh, well, obviously, Lamar Jackson's a, a, a starter, uh, but I do think Burrow um, has a good game this week. Burrow's somebody that ha- – it's interesting. He's played well against – are supposed to be good against a quarterback, and he's kind of played okay against teams that are not. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. He's been pretty consistent really all year, uh, you know, kind of around that – 18 to 25 range when it comes to points is kind of where he stayed pretty consistent. Um, but uh, this week going against Baltimore, who's actually their defense against the run. And, you know, if you're just looking at pure statistics, they've given they give up 82 yards rushing per game. So, again, conceptually, if I'm thinking that Cincinnati's probably going to be behind and they're going to have to pass the ball, uh, 25th against the pass, 277 yards uh, passing uh, per game. I think this comes to be a pretty good Joe Burrow game. Um, he's got weapons. Right now they're all healthy. Uh, if it stays that way, um, obviously coming into uh, Sunday, I think this could be a good day for them. Uh, now, as far as if I'm starting everybody on Cincinnati, probably not. I am going mixing, even after what I just said with 82 yards rushing. Mixon's been one of the more consistent running backs all season. Um, so I'm starting him. I'm starting Burrow. I'm starting Chase. I'm flexing Higgins. And I'm thinking about Boyd. Um, yeah. So that kind of gives you an idea on that side. On the Baltimore side, I think it's a little easier. Um, you're not as worried about the defense uh, that Cincinnati brings to the table. Um, one thing to pay attention to, and I saw a couple people starting to pick up Tyson Williams uh, because Le, uh, Lamar Murray is questionable. Um, so pay attention to see if he plays. Uh, you know, the Tyson Williams thing, I think at this point they're kind of going to go more Devontae Freeman um, or Bell. I, I really it's it's a committee, know. man. It, it, it really is, is a committee totally there. A committee. I'm with you on that. It's it's totally a committee. But anyway, so right. looking it, at just, it's a matter of who do you think is going to be falling into the end zone? Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. And, and so, last uh, week it was all of them. Right. So <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, so anyway, so this week I, I think again Lamar Jackson good week. Um, I think that uh, if you're looking at what position uh, from a uh, who's going to catch the ball standpoint, temper expectations a little bit on Mark Andrews. So Cincinnati's pretty good against tight ends right now, looking like about fifth against tight ends. Um, so that they're, they're not bad. Like, you know, he'll probably have an okay week, uh, but pay attention to that. 
Um, I see Bateman getting his first touchdown of the season primarily because outside of like the first or second corner in uh, Cincinnati, they kind of get pretty thin pretty fast. Um, so uh, I, I think this could be a decent week for Rashad Bateman, just somebody I'm kind of excited about to see as I uh, you know, liked him while he was with the Gophers uh, and so on from now on. We'll see. Uh, and then Hollywood Brown, uh, it's tough not to play him, but something to keep in mind, last week he had five targets. Now, this is in a game they won 34-6. to six. So five targets is not surprising in a game like that. In this game, like I said, I think there's just going to be more scoring, more uh, offensive plays on both sides of the ball. Look for about seven to eight targets going to, to uh, Hollywood, about seven or eight targets going to Bateman, uh, you know, and, you know, uh, a touchdown going to one of the two of them at the end of the day. So yeah. that's my analysis on that game. Anything you needed to add, or am I good? Um, Uzuma, maybe a nice streamer for the week. Uh, Ravens are third worst against tight ends this season. Um, and so he's maybe someone to, to stream for the week. And depending on what your tight end situation is, if you had like Dawson Knox, or you were playing Gronk at the beginning of the year and you've been streaming ever since then, you might be someone to, to be able to. Yeah, uh, I agree. All right. Uh, I'm not going to let you talk about the Kansas City, Tennessee game. No, yet. I just, all yet. I want, no, I'm just going to talk about them. No, you're going to talk about them. Okay. I just don't, I want that to be our last game. Because I, I think talking about New Orleans and Seattle as our last game is just really boring. So I'm yeah. going to take that real quick. Then I'm going to give it back to you. And you can take as long as you want as far as I'm concerned on Tennessee, Kansas City. Because that is the only really good game this week at all, period. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, we're going to go position by position. Break it down for you real quickly. Uh, this is on our list for drinking slow games. And I like to put the Monday night games on there. Um, I think this actually will be, a, again, a, a decent game from a, a just a fan standpoint i think there'll be some decent scoring in it um and uh, we'll see kind of how it all turns out but anyway getting into it um great 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 week for Jameis winston for anybody that has him either a streaming option or has him on their squad and you need a bye week filler whatever i think it's a great week for him and let me tell you why the number one reason why is because the seattle seahawks give up 433 yards per game that's a lot <laughs> it's not Big towards number. any one position one way or the other but that's a lot uh and because of that i'm absolutely excited about my week this week with kamara so if i got him this is hopefully he's coming back off the bye hopefully he plays well i really 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 was hoping that michael thomas would be back this week because i i do believe this could be a good week would or would have been a good week for him, um, but it's not. So he's out. But you know, take us take a flyer on a guy like uh, Callaway maybe this week. Um, could be a flyer kind of guy. It's just it's tough to pick a wide receiver there, so maybe lay off of him. But I do think Winston has a good week overall. Um, if you need to take a, a flyer, you know, throw out a Mark uh, uh, Callaway. Um, you know, maybe Harris, the the other guy they got there. Um, it's just tough call. It's hard to say and one way. Jawan Johnson as well might be a guy. He's a basically a converted wide receiver playing tight end. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. somebody's gonna be catching the ball and having a nice day. Yeah. Now the opposite is true on Seattle's side. 
So Seattle, like Bobby, I think for some reason or whatever, I have no idea, but I think you like Seattle's quarterback um, or you have liked him. I don't think this is the week for him. Okay. So I, I kind of avoid him at all costs. Um, yeah. No. New Orleans defense is really good, especially their second best against quarterbacks. Yeah. 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 They're really good. So, right. No, I don't, I don't like Seattle's quarterbacks at all. Well, I, I say I you mean, like when it's, because when it's, you tried when it, trading, you tried trading me him. Yeah. So Cause I, I don't like, like, him. like him. I don't want, no, I don't want him on my team. Yeah, no, trying to get rid of him. I feel like I feel give like him to somebody else, mm-hmm. so I don't have to deal with his. Well, BS but it doesn't anymore. work that way in trades. You have to you have to tell somebody that you have. Oh, I really like him. He's valuable. This is why. <laughs> like you get what I'm saying. So like he's a know, starting quarterback on a professional team, and yeah, it's a two quarterback it league. Work. It just doesn't. That, that's that's honestly the only reason why Geno Smith has any value in that league is because he's a starting quarterback in a two quarterback league and there's six teams on by this week. Yeah. Well, so he has value. It doesn't matter. Uh, One guy to, uh, and and so just getting into the game real quick. um, Not that you're excited about starting a running back against new Orleans because their defense against running backs is really good. Um, But Rashad Penny might play. Um, And if he does, I think Collins is questionable right now. Um, Rashad Penny could be the main guy there in Seattle coming into Monday night. Um, I think in this game, I know we've talked about how good the uh, uh, New Orleans is, really just statistically uh, about around everything. They're they're pretty good. It's tough to it's tough to play against them. All right, let's just just put it that way. Um, but I I think I'm I'm starting both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Um, and other than that, that's pretty much it from an analysis standpoint. There's not a whole lot more to say. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, what do you got for the Kansas City-Tennessee game? Let's hear it. It's the best game of the week. Um, so I think I'm going to take this one just like position by position. Let's talk about quarterbacks first. Both of them very much. I mean, obviously you're starting Patrick Mahomes. He's the most consistent quarterback there is in fantasy football. Um, you, you actually – I really – Really, actually, do like um, Tannehill this week. Now, part of it is the matchup. The the Chiefs are the second worst team against quarterbacks. Um, How much do you like them? Because we could have a second bet here. Tannehill, I like him very much. Like very much, as in you think he's a top fifteen quarterback, top twelve quarterback, top ten quarterback, top five. I mean, where do you got him? Um. Top fifteen? No, I won't take a bet on top fifteen. <laughs> I knew when I said that that you're going to ask for top fifteen. I mean, if you if you felt he was a top 40, ten so, quarterback this week, then I might have taken a bet. But yeah. I I think he's outside the top ten for sure, in my opinion. Yeah, I no, I I I do think he's in the top ten. Right, I think he's I think he's going to have a night. Yeah, I do. All right, let's do it. So I, mean, that's I, got, second I have to give you a chance to come back here. You know, this is probably our last week without John, and we could have three bets this week. John's going to be yeah. so pissed when he comes back. We do have three bets. So we got Pittman as a top 30. Yep. Um, in our DFS, we had Edmonds versus Connor. I have Edmonds, you have Connor. They're both yep. priced the same, playing with the same team. So that's kind of where yep. we went there. Um, and now I got Tannehill as a top 10 quarterback. Week six. Yep. I like it. Or week seven, you mean. Uh, I like it. All right, we'll see. 
We'll see. Yeah. Keep going. Oh, Sorry, I didn't mean to bombard you. Just, we were just on quarterback, so you barely even got started going to your running. Yeah. Um, so then we look at Williams um, going back over the Kansas City side of the ball at the running back position. Now, Tennessee is good against running backs. They, they don't allow a ton of points, actually. Um, let, me, let me pull up there. I'm trying to do both things at the same time here. Um, so Tennessee is actually uh, top 12 against running backs. But I don't know that they've seen uh, someone of, of – and it's weird to say some of Williams' caliber – Part of the reason why CEH doesn't do a ton is because Williams is there. But without that second guy that's going to be stealing carries away, that's where you got a bell cow guy and why Kansas City and uh, why why they've been able to consistently have that top running back that you want in fantasy. Um, So I actually see him having a decent day. Is he going to score, you know, 20 points? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, Tennessee actually gives up about 20 points per game against running uh, against running back position as a whole, and he's really the only guy that's going to be getting those points. So, yeah, I do like him actually quite a bit this week. Um, Chiefs, uh, they're going up against an alien. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly don't believe that we are the same species as Derrick Henry. Well, I don't. I don't know if I could say that either. He's a freaking I, beast. I, I really like, I saw something, something this week that else. said that he was the player that we all created on Madden when we were kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he's so big and he's so fast. And it's just like and he always just like put someone on their ass every single week. So do you and think he's the number people... one? Do you think he's the number one fantasy running back this week? I, well, I'm not going to make a bet on that, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's hard well, not I was to say, say that. Like, I, if we want to make it a fourth bet, we've never had four. If you want to, I'll say I'll give you that. I take the field. <laughs> no, I'm and, not going to do that. And you get Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll give you Derrick Henry and uh, another player. You can name any other runner. I'll give you the. If you if one of your two running backs you name are the number one running back, then you win the bet. If not, then I win the bet. No, I get I get to name four guys. No, no. Uh, let's do three. I'll give you three. You name nope, three, I want and four. I get the field. Nope, not gonna do it. Sorry. That's what I was trying to get to four um, bets. No, you don't want to do. It? Okay, no, not that one. Uh, right. But Derrick Henry. So ever since week one, when he was thirty first, he was number one, number twelve. The number four, number four, number one. So I mean, he's to your point that he's more likely to finish first than he is anywhere else. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think he might actually. I, I would have to look here, uh, but I, he might be the only guy that has finished first twice. Um, yeah, pretty sure he is. He is the only guy, and we're we're through six weeks. He has scored ten touchdowns, has over seven hundred yards. I mean, that's a that's a season that some people have. Yeah, and he absolutely. did it in six games: ten touchdowns, seven hundred plus yards. And yep. what's ridiculous is last week, um, you could have added four more catches onto his total. 
but they he caught the ball four times, got the yardage, all that stuff. But they were all called back on like holding penalties and things like that, <laughs> or, oh, or like illegal formation, yeah, like, little things like that. But like he could have had an even better day than he did. Yeah, he is forty points more than Austin Eckler, at, who is the second best running back in in the league right now, um, in terms of fantasy points. Wow. So, uh, forty points, forty wow. points—it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I don't need to convince you to play him. Um, I, and as I mentioned earlier, I'm starting McNichols. So, <laughs> so I mean, it, it, that's just a testament to like who is out there to be able to be started this week in fantasy, uh, especially at the running back spot. Um, transitioning to wide receivers. Uh, Titans are the second worst team against wide receivers. And, and so contrasting that they're actually the second best against tight ends um so temper expectations for kelsey obviously you're starting him um so there's no question about that but he might not have that giant game that you think he might have titans on the other hand this is going to be a big hill game i can see uh michael harman getting pretty involved as well and so Last uh, last guys to really talk about here. Um, I, I see this as maybe a an AJ Brown game um, for Tennessee. As I'm saying that uh, Tannehill is going to have a big game. There's a lot of talent there, and it's about to break out. I think we were hopeful to see it last uh, last week, but Bills' defense is pretty stifling. Um, Chiefs actually have a good secondary. Uh, they, they give a lot of points up more so to the tight end. And so Ferkser may be somebody to stream for this week, but the Kansas City Chiefs are 10th best against uh, against wide receivers. I think A.J. Brown has a nice day, though. Um, I, I'm not big on Julio, and Julio's potentially dealing with a little bit of an injury here, which just emphasizes all the more A.J. Brown use going forward. Yeah, I, I think uh, a good analysis is there. I don't think there's a whole lot to add, Bobby. Obviously, I think that's that's pretty dead on. And and again, like I said, I think this is going to be the highest scoring game. Could be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, over under is fifty seven on this game. Yeah, that's that's pretty high. It might be the highest. I think it's uh, it's been all year. Yeah. Um. Uh, very good. Okay. Uh, we're on to our last segment here. Uh, this is the Joe Niehoff guarantee, the Merrick's merit, and the Bobby's baller. Bobby, you go ahead and go first. We're going to skip the merit this week because we don't have a guest and John's not here. So who do you got for your baller? Well, I've kind of already mentioned uh, uh, him a little bit. One of the – I actually have two for this week that I want to mention. Um, first one is Uzama for Cincinnati. You're talking up that game as something that's going to be fairly high scoring. I agree with you on all of those fronts. I see Uzama as a top five tight end this week. The other one is Tannehill. Um, you know, we, we, we settled on our bet as a top 10. Yeah. I think he's, I think he also ends up in the top five. At the position, oh, okay. as That's my big... as my baller out, like kind of big statement that I'm gonna make. 
Tannehill top five, Uzama top five at the position. I like it. All right. Well, I'm going to give you two also because you gave me two. And I just thought of something that I liked. So I'm going to go ahead and give you two. Okay. So the first one, and this, you know, normally mine are out, uh, not necessarily outrageous, but they're kind of super bold. Um, but the first one, some people may not think is that bold. I think Chuba Hubbard is a fo- top five running back this week. So Hubbard, Carolina playing against the Giants. I got him top five this week, um, period. The other one I have, which is is something that I think would be um, maybe not, again, maybe not a surprise, but I don't think it's ever happened. Now, let me explain. So the, the three top projected wide receivers this week is Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and Cooper Cup. Okay? My prediction is that those three guys projected as the top three wide receivers for the week finish as the top three wide receivers for the week. So, in other super, words, super bold statement there, well, Joe. But it is three guys that are, that are no, but you know, do but well seriously. are going to do well. No, no, no. I'm not saying do well. I'm saying they finish as the top three. Like that's what makes it bold, Bobby. Okay. Like yes, they're all going to do fine. But what I'm saying is that not only are these guys going to do fine, but they're going to be the three best wide receivers. So like last week, yeah. one of the best wide receivers was Donovan Peoples Jones. Like where the yeah. who the heck did he come from? Right. Yeah, so it's, I'm it's only that, that it's even only that though Cooper there's Cup. gonna be there's gonna be guys like Donovan Peoples Jones this week that nobody predicted that's gonna have a great week. I'm saying regardless of all that, the three top wide receivers at the end of the week are gonna be Adams, Hill, Cup. Yep, and and Cooper Cup goes up against the Lions, who are not good. Yeah, uh, to be kind to them, and Cooper Cup has finished top three three of the six games so far this year. One of my bold best statement there, picks. Joe. One of my best. Uh, Devontae Adams is going against the worst secondary in the NFL and has finished top three twice already this season. You're really out on the limb right now, Joe. And uh, Tyreek Hill, oh, he just plays for one of the best offenses in football. He is the biggest big play player, especially at the wide receiver position. Um, Finished twice in the top three as well. Oh, and he's going against the second worst secondary. Joe, your statement isn't very bold. Bobby, that was the added one. Okay. Yeah. So don't I'm add things. Nice to our fans I get to, say, I get to I'm add gonna things. Add, I'm going to add something this week because Bobby had to. So I want to. And I thought it was pretty bold, and I still do, to predict that the top three will actually be the top three. That's not so bad. What's bold is to say that none of them will end up in the top three. Okay, is that your prediction? No, because I think that they will, because I just said all of these things that are in favor of <laughs> all three of them being in the top three. Why would I go against that? Oh, man. All right. Well, yeah. I had fun. Hopefully, I did too. Well, I did too. So I want to start tonight. doing this. This is one idea that I came up with, and I think it's very much, um, very much apropos, apropos, I think is the like saying. I think you're screwing for that tonight. Up. It's all good. Um, and, and so I'm going to start toasting us as we as we sign off each night. Uh, okay. Maybe so. At least tonight I'm going to toast. Maybe next time it's you or John. Uh, but my toast for tonight 
uh, to, to send everyone off into the abyss here is to those who have seen us at our best and they've seen us at our worst and they can't tell the difference. <laughs> Perfect. To you. <laughs> to you. Good night. <laughs> Good night. All right. Bye. Exactly. Bye. Bye. <laughs>